Everybody, hey, it is Saturday, the 19th of December, and we're waiting to get a hold of my, my guest right now. She's not answering the phone, so hopefully we can get her on the phone. So anyway, um, this is the 19th. This is the week before Christmas, and I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas now. I won't be here next week, just thought I'd tell you now, but we will have another repeat of a fantastic um, episode of our show next week. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. So anyway, today uh, we're going to be talking about with hopefully, oops, is that her calling? Hold on a minute. Hang on. She's on my phone. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to our first break and then okay, we'll come back. Okay, let's do our, do our break first and we'll be right back after, the, after this message. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. And, whoops, and welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show. I was going to tell you, we're just trying to get her on the line. I think we have her on now, right? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, great. So, anyway, let me just tell you really quick what's going on. Jackie Slavin is our guest today. She is from New York. And we're going to be talking about all sorts of things astrological. And we're also going to be talking about our celebrity of the week, which is Mr. Simon Rushdie. So, and we're going to do him right now. So let's do the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Thank you. Now, let's bring on Jackie because she's going to help me with this a little bit. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Eileen. Where were you? you? <laughs> I'm wonderful in this holiday season. How's everything with you? Oh, good. Things are pretty good. So I'm glad to hear your voice. Anyway, so we're running around here trying to figure out where you were. So Yes, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. No problem. So let's start with Salmon. Salmon, I think you say it that way. It's like salmon, but not quite. Uh, right. Salmon Rushdie, who has an interesting chart. Did You, you took a lot, look at it, right? Oh, I did, yes. His chart is very interesting because he's born within 24 hours of a Neptune station. Yes. That's the most interesting thing I found out about that chart. Absolutely. And Neptune is what goes on behind the scenes and things that are hidden in camouflage. And Rushdie uh, was practically placed under house arrest because of his book. Not that he was house arrest, but he was placed almost in a quarantine situation. He was not allowed out of his house because there were death threats on his life. So we had to go into hiding, which is extremely Neptunian. Extremely, you know, and it seems like, you know, when I heard heard him being interviewed on MSNBC the other day, which is why it spurred me to to put him on the show, he was so... um, well, with a stationary Neptune, you'd have to expect this, but 
he was so eloquent and soft and gentle, and I just was pulled into it, you know? I just, yes. You know, he has a, a really, um, a, just an amazing point of view. But, you know, um, his Neptune is really the charts. That's the focal point in his chart, as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And that's, he also made himself a target. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. What was it, Satanic, whatever it was? What's his name? Satanic. The Satanic Verses. And yeah. won several awards, and he was knighted by the Queen for his services to literature. He's yeah. an internationally known author. But then we have this, you know. So that's being on a being born on a station like that yeah. can result in scandal. And, and he did create one. Yes, he did. He basically, because Neptune is certainly not about boundaries, because there are none. But, you know, the invisible boundary that, that lay between his work and something maybe rather, you know, scandalous. But whether this is scandalous, I don't know. But it probably, it probably confronted the belief systems, I think, of Iran or Iraq that went after him and put a death threat on his head. So, um, but, you know, the Neptune is the boundary there that he stepped over and said, I'm going to write about this no matter what happens. And he did. And look what happened. So, he created hysteria. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He created his uh, hysteria, and Neptune rules his 12th house of hiding. So there you go. There you go. So he went in and, and stayed inside of himself for a long time, it seems like. And oh, that, I think almost a year he had to live like that. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he have to move from one place to another, too? They Frequently, were... I think. I, I think that happened more than once. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his, he was... The book was, was going to be banned. Many countries banned his novel yes. because of his controversial portrayal of the faith's figures. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's and, right. But of course, banning it only increased its notoriety, and it's uh, cl- reviewed as one of the most controversial and acclaimed novels ever written. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm looking at his chart and going, look at all that Gemini. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Born now, on a new moon in Gemini. Yeah, and he seems like he's on a solar eclipse, too, a partial eclipse, isn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the solar eclipse went off uh, was December 12th at 23 Sagittarius, and right. the sun and moon are at 26 Gemini. Yes, I was just thinking that when I looked at it the first time, I thought, oh, those nodes are really close to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it's interesting that he seems to be out in public more. You know, at least the first time I've ever seen him on TV. You know, mm-hmm. I've I, seen him a couple times, but it was I, I didn't see him on MSNBC. Yeah, and, and I, that's more mainstream, of course. But when I heard that he was going to be on, I went, "Who? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is interesting." Mm-hmm. You know, I have to listen to what he has to say. But he was really mesmerizing the way he was talking, and you know, the spiritual beliefs behind the all the Gemini talk. You know, and I remember looking at his, um, I was looking at his chart while I was listening to him. He was in a room with tons of books. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Of course he would be. But, you know, um, the the other thing, I was like looking for his abilities, his writing abilities, you know, and his Mercury and Cancer. So there would be emotional things being written about, but there's other stuff aspecting that that really, really had turned that Mercury on its hind end, literally. Yes, and Mercury is also in the angle. 
Yes, it is. It's in yeah. the third house and anything, angle. Any planet conjunct an angle is highlighted. Yep, it is. And it's trine Jupiter, which is lovely. And it's sextile to Mars. Yes, that's right, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so that, that's a quick mind that sees the big picture. Yep, yeah, real quickly, you know. And let's see what else there was here. Okay, there was a Neptune... Neptune trining uh, Venus here, which is also, it's very artistic abilities right there. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Uh then, but the thing that's really interesting to me, he's born almost exactly on a new moon. I mean, like seconds away. Exactly. Yeah. 15 minutes to be exact. Yeah. And I Uh thought, well, that's, I've never seen anybody with that close of a conjunction in the sun. Oh, really? Okay. No, I really haven't. And I haven't Uh really been looking for it, but that's just. Happened to jump out at me when I was looking at it. Yeah, that's a super Gemini. Yep. And then there's the south node in Sagittarius in the eighth house. Well, he's done this before, hasn't he? Yes, he was persecuted (laughs) before for his religious beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) Satanic verses. Yep, Uh that's a little eighth house issue there. South node. Yeah, a little life and death for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and he's definitely... We can tell, this reminds me also of another person's chart that I know of, that I did his chart one time, was uh, Clive Cussler. Oh! Yes, yes. And he was a Cancer, but he had a ton of planets in Gemini, and a lot in Cancer, all in his third house, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then he had some stuff in the ninth house, maybe Jupiter or something up there, too. But he really showed the preponderance of books that he would be putting out there with a chart like that. But um, he had a Gemini ascendant, which was interesting, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and so this kind of reminds me of, like, it, would this man be uh, be possessed by the stuff he would want to write? He would have gotten possessed by it. There's no way he could not be possessed by it. Right. Yeah, so also the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in the fourth, I find interesting, too. After we've just gone this through this Saturn-Pluto mm, for quite a while now, and that's over with, which is lovely. But, you know, this, here's another Saturn-Pluto person, you know. And um, that, that that I don't really remember his his bringing up, but the, the parental issues has to be, that has to be heavy for him. Extremely. Also, trouble with your homeland. A, a, a very absentee or controlling parent yeah or trouble with your homeland and i think he he was educated in england i don't think he stayed in india too long as a child no yeah and i think he has a phd obviously he would Mm -hmm. Uh, extremely yeah with all that gemini i mean he's going to be running after multiple degrees you know and but if it was more sagittarius and gemini but still i mean the man is about you know, is he's exploring the mind every which way, and especially after those books I saw in his study, that was a lot. You know. Oh yes. Yeah. And yeah. Just, you just sort of expect that anyway. But you know, he Taurus rising. He really looked like a Taurus rising. He was heavy, and a, a very thick sort of body, looked mm-hmm. like a bull. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know Mars and Taurus too would definitely, you know, that's the his naturally in the first house too, which is. He wouldn't have been afraid to stand up to anybody, I don't think. Oh, absolutely not. No. And, no. Uh-uh. And, a very, very resilient foe. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, he he's an awesome guy, you know, and I just I just was really struck by what a wonderfully gentle soul he had. His speaking voice, of course, Mercury and Cancer, 
you know, would have been very nurturing and the way he was speaking to the audience and very kind to the to the guy who was who was interviewing him too. So, um, you know, he had a he had a lot more stuff that he had to deal with than I think maybe most people would. But, you know, he did he did take a risk, you know, when he stepped on that other side of that that Neptunian boundary he said, I'm gonna write about stuff that's just really stuff I've been thinking about for a while, but you know, it's yeah. Yeah, he may have, you know, may have been thinking about it for a long time, and he wrote about it because of stuff that obviously was in contradiction to what he was taught and believed. You know, absolutely. Well, Jupiter's on the in the ninth house, and Jupiter was in Scorpio, so we had to get to the bottom of the mystery. Yep, he did, and he probably did too. So he probably did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, with a chart like this, this would be just a a a curiosity seeking person. He'd be looking everywhere for information on stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, be possessed by it too. So. And, he, and he wouldn't rest until he found it. Exactly right. So anyway, a very interesting man. I really enjoyed his chart, especially a stationary Neptune. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was thinking about, I'm writing about, in my book right now, I'm writing about stationary Neptune, interestingly enough, and, and this just happens to be stationary. So he's going to probably go into my book under this chapter. Because, Very good. Yeah, because I think he's a good example of this. But um, He's a perfect example of it. Yep, he is. I also have researched some other people with stationary Neptune, and they uh, there's three of them. One of them is Trump. Another one is a couple other ones. And they were basically cult leaders. You know, when Interesting. You, you think and about it. And I think... Um, Lord Byron was born on a Neptune station. Oh, really? Yeah, and, and the... Ironic man, you know, he, yeah. he established his own cult. That's right. Yeah, and Marshall Applewhite, the guy who ran the um, Hale-Bopp people. Oh, yeah. yes, and they all committed suicide over the comet or something Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, yeah. His birthday was four four days after um, Jim Jones' birthday. There you go. Uh-huh. And then there was one other one, too, that I was looking at, but I can't remember who it was. But they're all going to be written under that chapter. I'm writing a big thing about the... Um, the August 1969 thing that happened with Sarah Tate. I mean, that's so hard to do. I shouldn't even do that because I'm moving into directions and energies I don't want it to be a part of. But, right. But I can't help it because two days after um, or two days before the event, uh, Neptune went stationary direct. In August 1969? Yeah, August. It went it went direct August 7th, 1969, and the event happened on August 9th. Oh, and that's my birthday. Wow. <laughs> oh. So I had to go back to, and what was I doing at that time? Okay. Yeah. yeah think Very about interesting. That. Yeah, well, everything was going on then. I mean, yeah. all the hippie stuff, and everybody said once that happened, that stopped. That whole business, the hippie, everything, it changed the direction of humanity. That whole event did. So that's why I had to look it up, you know. So why the hell did that have such a big impact on people? And it did. That Neptune was pretty darn close. So there you go. Anyway, oh, we got to take a break here. And when we going to get back, let me talk again. When we get back, we're going to be talking more about stuff with Jackie Slevin, and we're going to have fun. Anyway, so this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's harmonic energy shifting with Jude and Paul Potton from the Whispering Dragon Center in the studio. They'll have their acutonic forks and chimes, Tibetan bowls and bells, pua didge and rattle ready to do remote treatments for you or your animals, and space clearings. Plus, we'll be celebrating Christmas and singing our animal Christmas carols. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And we have on Jackie Slevin with us today. We've just been talking about uh, Salmon Rushdie, who has a stationary Neptune in his chart. And in Jackie and I are... are our stationary aficionados. She's she talked about it way before I knew about it, and so since I've been examining it, I've decided to write a book about it. So I'm now in the process of reorganizing the the, the table of contents. Oh joy! <laughs> so anyway, Jackie, I don't know how you write your books. I wrote one, and, and I had to go back and look at my existing book to see how I wrote that. But I'm rereading it, so it's helping me a lot to do that. So yes, it'll help you. Organize, reorganize how you want to approach the next one and what you want to keep and what you want to toss. Yes, exactly. In your process. I have a lot of, I love a lot of data and a lot of information I've written down, but um, I don't want to look at it until I look at the organization. I have a ninth house Mercury. <laughs> Does that tell you anything? I have to <laughs> lay it out before I can actually write on it. Yeah, that's like I have to do the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart. So yeah, No, it, it makes perfect sense. Otherwise, you're going in 17 different directions at once. Yeah, I can't, I can't play Gemini at all. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so we've been talking about the stationary planets, but let's talk about, let's, we'll take a little bit of change of direction here. Let's talk about what's going on here in a couple of days. I mean, um, the first time that Jupiter and Saturn are going to be conjunct in the sky in how many years? Since 1623. Only 800 years. Jeez. Yeah. Well, now, prior to that, it was 1226, and okay. that would be the 800. Yeah, but six, yeah, 400 years, 800. Yes. It is. So there are huge changes coming. Yeah, and Jupiter just went into Aquarius this morning. So, wow. Now, yes. th- now they're exactly conjunct, you know. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, zero. zero Aquarius yep. and... There, I've seen arguments on Facebook and other media outlets that this is the beginning of the age of Aquarius. Yeah, well. I don't know that I would agree with that wholeheartedly, but it does push it along the yeah, avenue. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, if, if anything, it'll get us to notice it, you know, uh, and rather than saying, oh, the age of Aquarius started 20,000 years ago. Well, none of us were here then, or none of us may remember what happened then, but at least what it seems to be happening now is that we're becoming very conscious of the energies, and that's basically half the battle right there, is being conscious of what we're going through. Yes. Yes. So I would agree with that. Yeah. And what happened, well, there are always changes when these planets come together yeah. that affect, that impact society. Yeah. Uh, in March 1623, the last time these two planets were conjunct, to the to the uh, to the degree that they are, the first Temperance Act was enacted in colonial America. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't look like a good idea. But obviously there was a big problem with that. Oh, huge. And also <laughs> later that same year, the Shakespeare's first folio was published. Wow. Uh, it was a collection of 36 plays, half of which had never been published before. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that was the first time that came into print. Well, there's Once Jupiter That was you. available to the public. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would be definitely life-changing. You know, because these two planets together can mean life-changing aspects of things that are happening. And yes. I, and, you know, I can't help but watch what's going on. I try not to watch it because it just makes me pull my hair out. But what's going on with our government and changing, you know, a cha- transitioning into the new leadership next month and all that other stuff. And it's just getting crazier and crazier, you know. And... um uh, I, I'm trying to kind of like just put it over here and, and concentrate on something else rather than the insanity that's going on. It seems like in the last two days it's gotten more insane. Well, quite possibly, and we had an eclipse. Yeah. And that brings everything to a head. And on the, sa- on the day of the eclipse was the day that Biden was officially declared president and on that day was that the vaccine became available yeah yeah that was huge huge yeah huge so yeah and so we certainly all noticed that but it's always interesting to me i like to watch what's happening in the first few days of the first week after a major planet changes sign or changes you know well changes sign because that's usually everything changes then you know, so uh, I like to watch what's going on, like, in the next several days to see what's happening. One thing I do feel, though, is that things are speeding up, you know. And um, I it happened to notice this morning that there's a new strain of the virus over in London right now. Yes, I was just reading that earlier. Yeah. And so, they're putting London into a more restrictive lockdown and effectively shutting it off from the rest of the British counties. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're doing what they have to do, I guess. But, you know, uh, it's it's like how, so many people are asking the question, when is this thing going to end? Well, we don't know. We don't know. And as we're claiming that there's a new strain of COVID is often uh, echoed in that, well, there's a new strain of the flu this year. You know, so yeah. these new strains are not going away anytime soon. And this no. vaccine will have huge ramifications throughout the throughout society because it already is yes it is yeah and it's i kept thinking it was amazing that they actually got one done so quickly they were saying it was going to be a year to year and a half before this would be ready and this was done in less than you know a lot of time early you know because i was figuring it'd be mid-year to next year end of next year no it's already here now right you know and um i have to say that one thing i I don't like to credit Trump for anything, but he did get that thing moving quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. The warp speed thing. So. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And another article I was reading, I think it was the New York Times, I'm not certain. Most of the scientists who formulated this vaccine were immigrants to America. Wow. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe they had seen it before. Well, not only that, that's part of the eclipse in Sagittarius, something international. Ah, yes. Right. And Jupiter, yeah. <laughs> other nations, Saturn, right. coming to the rescue, right? And 
Yeah, determining new boundaries for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it seems, though, too, that the coronavirus, we've had it somewhere along. This is, you know, this is not a new virus, really. It's something that's been rehashed. You know, it's it's happened years ago and it's mutated into another form. Yes. You know, so I just like polio. You know, polio wasn't really gone. It's just mutated into something else that we can't get. So, you know, it's it's just interesting how pandemics start thinking that it's it's an isolated case. It's a whole new virus. Well, maybe it isn't. And I think that's the difference that happened this time versus the you know the versus 1918 when there really wasn't that much medical advancement anyway but the difference was this time they were drawing on history you know looking at the history of viruses that went on before and they were able to take and extrapolate some interesting information that you know that the the monoclonal antibodies so i can say that easily you know, and, and the way they're attacking this virus rather than trying to obliterate it all and trying to tackle the insides of this thing. To right, make sure instead that, of just sandblasting it with something. You right, know. exactly. Yeah. So it's much more, um, that's probably why it didn't take as long because they kind of knew what they were looking for, So, uh, which was very cool rather than just blasting in the dark, you know, hopefully finding something that would fit. So, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about some other stuff that's happening this year or coming into this next year. Um, do we, we don't have I think Neptune? No, Neptune just changed directions. I'm trying to figure out what the next big planetary thing is going to be. What is the next big planetary thing? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Like, okay. Open my book here. So that's Get your little astrologer book the out The next there. big planetary thing will be an eclipse on May 26th. Okay. At five Sagittarius. Okay. However, I think, yeah, we are getting a station prior to that. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, Uranus is stationing yeah, January 15th. That's what it was. I knew it was something yeah, in January that go. was going on. Okay. Yeah, and that happens to be ruling the sign that those two planets are in right now. So that's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out. Sort of an extension of perhaps the existing ones that are happening. So, yeah, that's cool. And um, we know stuff happens around stationary Uranus. We just do because it's stuff we just can't predict. So, just well, for, yeah. well, we know it's going to happen in the sign of Taurus, so it will affect farming. It will affect finance yes. and the cash flow because, I mean, they're kind of pushing for a cashless society and that everything, all transactions will be digital. Yeah. That's Uranus and Taurus on a station. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. So anyway, we got to take another really quick break when we get back here. We're going to like maybe talk a little bit about the financial situation on the planet and, okay. and see what's happening with Uranus and Taurus and all that. But, you know, what seems to be coming up for us. So this is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> And this is a live read for Barrel Full of Monkeys, and that's by Matt Shea. Barrel Full of Monkeys with, with Matt Shea Productions has been started, and we started this maybe about a couple months ago uh, because what we're doing is taking a collection of Matt's writings in mini, uh, and put them in mini audiobook form. So our first audiobook is out now. It's only $5, and you can order that at mattsheabooks.net. 
Okay, we'll be working on the second audiobook at the end of this month. So we're going to be getting that done. It should be done pretty quickly after that. But we will keep you up on the progress on that as we go. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all of who contact him. You can write to him at his personal email address at workinmat 7 at AOL.com. And don't forget his website again, www.mattsheabooks.net. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And our guest this morning is Ms. Jackie Slevin. Oh boy, oh boy. It's fun talking to her about astrology. I love doing it. Anyway, so um, one thing I want to ask you about, excuse me, I'm taking a pregnant pause for me at the moment. I am dealing now with, and this is interesting because I'm feeling it really bad. Um, my, my, um, my son is at 21 Pisces. Okay, now, you know what that means. And, and Neptune is creeping up on it really quickly, as fast as it can go anywhere. But um, it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon because there's times when I lose time and space and I feel like I'm losing it. <laughs> so what do you think about that, Jackie? Oh, I hear you, Eileen. My ascendant <laughs> is 23 Pisces. Oh, no. We're going to go through this together. Oh, it's already started for me. I mean, yeah. I remember I wasn't here when you called. I was out in the <laughs> hall, and I said, why is that phone running? So, oh, my God, the radio. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, we can blame it on Neptune then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, and um, I think it's something that... I feel like I the reason I'm hunting a lot of stuff out for the book and then under Neptune stationary, well, duh, you know, because I'm learning about this, the whole energy of Neptune right now through my transit. It's so. good for notes, though. It's just take, if, if, if you, whatever thoughts are flying around your head, write them down because they will come into linear form later on and work for you. Okay, that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, because whatever is out there, is hanging out there, and it, it, it's not organized, but you have to acknowledge it and write it because it will be worthwhile later on. And it'll be almost impossible to recapture it later because it'll be ah, lost. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like throwing a pebble into the sea. You know, it's gone now. It's You're gone. not going to get it back. And, no, uh-uh, yeah. I'm not. So, yeah. So I, I have to fight against it. The interesting thing, of course, is that when Pisces or Neptune's on my sun, it'll be opposing my moon in Virgo at 23 Virgo. Huh. Uh, so, you know, the, the logical linear part of me is going to be going right out the window here shortly. So I have to figure out how to regroup myself. You know, I can actually use my third house Saturn oppose my Mercury to help me do that. You know, just kind yes, of. But- Opposing a moon in Virgo could make your body hypersensitive to certain things, uh, like yeah. like your diet and your digestion. Certain things you'll have a hard time eating that you never would have otherwise. Yeah, that, 
Yeah, I, I that's true. I'm having, I'm diabetic, so I have to be very careful. And my blood sugar is is raised a little bit above the normal right now, and so I think I know that that's part of it. So I'm changing. I'm slowly changing my diet into something much more healthy. But uh, yeah, but you know that's just what I'm going through. But you know, I figured I'd talk about it with you because. It's a little bit of a concern because I have to literally stomp my feet, make sure I'm grounded when I'm driving home because I can go out there somewhere and I won't know where I've been. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that you get in the car and go somewhere. Like, where was I supposed to go anyway? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I was supposed to go home while well, I'm nowhere near that. So, yeah, exactly. So um, there's definitely a spacier thing happening here. But... You know, anyway, let's talk about, what were we talking, see, I already lost my point. Oh, you wanted to talk about Uranus and Taurus and Oh, thank you, thank God, thank God you you can reach it better than I can. Anyway, Uranus and Taurus, which to me, when I first saw it, looked like it would be an undermining or a complete sort of destruction of our, our financial system here in the United States and all over the world, actually. You know, uh, I, would, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. I mean, they're already, as I said earlier, they want to make everything cashless. Yeah. And even now, I mean, I live in New Jersey, outside New York City, and you, you really can't have coin transactions anymore. They're not going to give you change in coin. Right. Yeah, that's uh, true. Is, is that the case in Seattle? Well, somewhat. There seems to be more debit card places, like I can use my debit card when I do my laundry, which is really a surprise, mm-hmm. you know, and that was recently, a recent development. And so I thought that was interesting, but um, it's true, cash seems to be um, out of, you know, out of sync with the rest of us right now. Absolutely, and uh, it's going to become even more so, I believe. Yep, I do too. Yeah, I think our whole financial structure, as you said earlier, will go through dramatic changes and Bitcoin and that sort of thing. And I think that's maybe more on the rise than we want to give credit for. That's true. You know, and I'm thinking, too, that um, this has a lot to do with, obviously, the stock market, you know, and everybody's been predicting a huge crash. Well, I would think this something like that could happen. You know, under this, because we're looking at, uh, you know, Taurus is kind of what we value and, you know, what we put monetary value on. And uh, and because of that, and I'm I'm just hearing the, the, the news flashes on the radio about, you know, not enough money anywhere else. And you've got to put pump more money into the, the government because we're making money and we're borrowing against debt that we have, and we're building that up, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's just a recipe for disaster. It is. It really is. Global transactions, I'm sure, will be handled very differently in the future than they are now, and there may be more restrictions put in place. Yeah. Or it could be a Wild West with that Uranus station. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It sounds more like a wild bus. It does. Uh, on my way home every day, every Saturday from my uh, from the show, there's two shows on at the same time, two shows about money. I'm interested in listening to them, you know, to hear what they have to say. And most of the time, every week, they're kind of going, we don't know. You know, we've never known. We don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. It could be, you know, because something could happen before, tomorrow that we won't even see coming. And the other guy, the investment guy, says, don't trust me. You know, I'm sorry, but 
there's a crash coming here, you know, and they're kind of warning about that. And um, there's the thing that's interesting is that they are 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 selling or trying to publicize investing very conservatively, you know, and I think that's kind of a nice counteraction to the Uranus thing. But to go the very straight and straight and narrow line rather than taking deep risks with your financial situation. Well, it makes perfect sense. I also heard that in the future, in the not-too-distant future, there may be a tax imposed on each stock transaction, yeah. which can cripple and end the market as we know it because yeah. no one's going to invest in it if every time you... I mean, some of these transactions happen at lightning speed. I know. And you're going to tax each one? Where's... Yeah. How do they do that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. How is that going to happen? Yeah. And it, it will penalize the consumer from wanting to invest at all. That's right. Yeah, because it's going to be like, you know, you sign up for a transaction and you're trying to, in the interest of time sensitivity, you know, get it before it bumps up, bumps down. Well, if you have that transaction going on between the moment you you place the transaction and then it happens, you have that business of the the tax and all that stuff. That could slow everything down, which could really, that could mess up the whole system, Mm -hmm. you know. It could just change the pace at which we do business. So, and also Taurus is farming and agriculture. Yeah, and mm-hmm. cows. I mean, think of the dairy yeah. industry. Yeah, you know, and I hate I hate to even be talking about this in a really bad way, but you know, I, we're talking about climate change too. Obviously, with the Uranus and Taurus, that's Earth. So, you know, the climate change is really going to affect a lot of farmers, of course, you know. And so that's going to be hugely detrimental, you know, that we may be on the verge of, you know, not being able to provide food. There's a lot of people right now that can't eat. You know, right. You're not getting enough, you know, sustenance or not getting enough money to eat because of the system that, you know, the United States system that tries to help them out is not helping them. And the problem is, is we got somebody at the head of the government who's trying to take all the money for himself. So <laughs> what do you do about that? We have to get in the new guy, but it's going to be this next. Oh, if we talk about what's going to happen this next month, it's going to be I just as soon hide under the bed for the next month. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I we mean, also have the inauguration in January. Yes, I know. But it's like a month away. But, you know. The way Donald Trump's chart is, I keep thinking back to that with the Uranus Sun conjunction. He's going to do stuff so suddenly out of the blue that nobody sees coming, which is basically how he keeps the attention focused on him. Well, it could be that he pardons himself and his children, like he said he was that he considered doing. Yeah, all right. Considered. <laughs> I mean, well, I think he's going to do that. You know, I mean, oh, of course he's going to. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that that's. I don't know that that would be shocking. I can't think of it. Well, there's no predicting with Donald Trump, frankly. I know. A lot of people are saying that. We just used to be so shocked at what he did, and now we're just coming to expect it. Yeah, it's like COVID fatigue. Yeah, being very desensitized to this stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah, and so just like he's done something else. So now what has he done? Okay, he's done that too. Add that to the list. You know, and... um, I've been watching some videos on on uh, YouTube about him and and his upbringing. His upbringing was, well, 
I mean, I think his mother said, don't ever have him for president of the United States. He, he's terrible. He said his mother said that about him. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, well, yeah, yeah she know. would know. So uh, it's 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 hard to believe that something like that became president. But oh, I think his sister made a similar comment. Yeah, right. Yeah. And also his his uh, niece did, too. With, with Oh, him. I read her book. It's a real eye opener. It really is. And she really knows what she's talking about, too. You know, being the psychologist that she is. Yes. Yes. She's just not talking out of the air. She's backing no. up everything that she's saying because that's her. Yeah. That's her field of expertise. That's right. So, okay. So I'm going to take another break right now. But when we get back, uh, I want to talk about the Pluto upcoming Pluto return, and I think that's the next big huge um, leg in the road that's going to be kind of all going to be tripping over at the same time. But uh, let's talk about that when we get back. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom from the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement largely because Medicare does not cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means you will need affordable supplemental coverage that takes care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help you get the best coverage because with her, the process is very easy. She'll take you through it step by step. It's extremely easy. And in the end, she's going to save you some money. So contact Susan today to set up your appointment, and she will get you all set up. She's fantastic, folks. I've I've done this with her uh, about five years ago when I turned, well, almost five years ago, but three years ago when I turned 65. And it was really amazing how it was almost no sweat, no nothing. So anyway, she's fabulous, and she keeps after stuff, too. So if you need more information from her, call Susan at 253 318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com Alternative Talk 1150 Local Talk for the Body, Mind and Soul And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio We have on today Ms. Jackie Slevin She is our guest and Jackie and I are just about ready to start into the big one, and that's the Pluto return for the United States. And this will probably obviously be affecting the rest of the world, too, because we're such a global power that everything that we do affects everything else. So let's talk a little bit about that. So when well, are, okay. Okay, when are the dates for this, approximately? Okay, well, our natal Pluto and the chart of July 4th, 1776 is 27 Capricorn. Right. And it gets to 27, Pluto gets to 27 Capricorn. I don't think it gets there until 20, oh, 2022? 2022, okay. Yeah, let me see if it does in 2021. I don't think so. No, it's 20, it's February 2022. Okay, so it, but it's certainly been doing something to us already with this pandemic. Oh, absolutely. And if you use the Sibley chart for the United States, as most astrologers do, but not all, Mm -hmm. Pluto's in in the second house, and that's our resources and our finances. Right, of course. Yeah, it would that would be um, pretty impactful. 
But um, yeah, um, I know that with Pluto, and I, when I first started studying Pluto and astrology, um, I had a really good teacher. I had Jeff Green. <laughs> so, oh, yes, you sure did have a good teacher. Yeah, he was kind of the innovator of Pluto, basically. I had him for a couple of classes. I had a reading with him. But um, he used to live in this area here in Seattle. And I think he may, I don't know what happened. Do you know what happened to him? He retired years ago. Okay. I heard that he has, wasn't even alive. So. Oh, no, that I, that I don't know. I okay. heard he, he had health issues. Yeah, he had his Agent Orange business. Yeah, he yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. he was in Vietnam. Right, exactly. So anyway, um, I remember reading about in his Pluto book that that a Pluto transit can start to be taken effect five degrees from the point of exact conjunction. So that means how many years before you know, um, five degrees, and then about one degree after once it's past it. So um, well, that's. Four or five years ago, then that's kind of that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, that would make sense with with our government, I think. So, um, and I, you know, I sort of suspected something was going to happen, and when this started happening, I said, "Oh, that's our Pluto transit." So we just have to how see how this is going to do. And the thing about it that I've noticed personally, and I know that other people feel the same way, it's like we go through one thing, and then there's something else that comes up from the bottom. And something else comes up later on, and it just doesn't stop, you know, until at some point when it all turns over and and he's out of office, basically. But he's still going to make trouble for us anyway while he's out of office. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, but it's been a process of trying to dig down. It's like an artichoke thing. You take a leaf off, and there's an underbelly of goo and, and mm-hmm. stuff. And then you heal that, you do it, and then you take another leaf off of that. And then and then pretty soon you you realize that um, you've been going through all of this stuff and you realize how exhausted you are, you know. And you, it feels like you're dealing with your own stuff, not just that stuff, but it is part of us, you know. Anything that's in our country or around us, that's part of us. So, And it know, will be purged because Pluto purges things. Yes, it does, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, now, if you use the chart of William the Conqueror with England in 1066, right? Pluto returns takes approximately 240 years. Right. So if you add 240 to 1066, you get 1305, 1306, around there. Right. That was the rise of William Wallace, also known as Braveheart, where oh. they were trying to overthrow the British government. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So right there, you've got an overthrow. So he was—he was a threat to the to the monarchy. Yes. Yeah, something that's threatening the security of our government. Right. Yes. We can we can hope. I'm not I sh- hope is not the right word, but that's something that we have to be aware of. Yeah, we do, we have to kind of keep some of that in there. So uh-huh. you think it's going to get better? It's going to get better. But, you know, it's, it's the interesting thing that the broadcasters on TV and radio are really broadcasting the Plutonian aspect of all this. It's going to be a dark winter, you know. Oh, extremely. And <clears throat> media, I think, is just going to become even more crazy with that Uranus station. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that, yeah. that will help it's like somewhat. Mercury's on, it's almost like Mercury's a meth head now because we <laughs> cannot... 
believe what we hear a lot of times. You said, it, it, you said meth head? Yes. <laughs> Mercury's on meth. <laughs> Communications are completely off the wall. You know, they're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it. Well, you're on some kind of weird drugs. Yeah, meth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Look at our media. Look at social media. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, exactly. It's crazed. Yeah. I, you know, and I keep listening, and I tune in every morning to some of the news stations. First thing they're talking about, well, another 600,000 people are dead today from the COVID virus. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, and they're just publicizing how many people we're losing. And I, I understand they have to do that, but it's like a droning on, you know, of how bad it is. You know, I know, there's never anything positive. No, and I don't happen to look at life that way. I have Jupiter on my midheaven, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always saying there's something better out there to focus on than rather than all that garbage. So, um, yeah, it's it's very tough, you know, because we have the Plutonian images right in front of us all the time. Yes. Yeah, so that's all we see, that's all we know, so that's all we think that's going on. And so. Pluto is crisis, and that's what we're in. Yeah. So now the first Passover is in 2022 in January, you said? February, I believe. Oh, I, ha- I had it open to the page. Let me get to the page again. Uh, February 3rd. February 3rd, okay. Oh, that's interesting in Aquarius. Okay. No, Pluto in Capricorn. In Pluto in Capricorn, right. And then yeah, the Pluto return is in Capricorn. Right, but the sun's through Aquarius. Okay. Oh, exactly, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Going, well, you know, kind of like adding those two together are going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. So 22, okay. And I hate to make you look this up, but I'm going to make you do it anyway. When is the last pass of this? Okay. You have to go about five years out, I think. Oh, well, I, in October 2022... Mm-hmm. Pluto stations at 26 Capricorn, which is right on our Pluto. Okay. That will not be too pleasant. All right, the last pass that it makes at 27 um, December 2022. No, I'm in. I'm, no, January, early January 2023. Okay. And it goes into Aquarius. Uh, March 2023, but then it goes back yeah, into Capricorn right. and. Let, and it stations at 27 Capricorn in oh. October 2023. So that's kind of a long time. Okay. Yeah, it is. It, that's two years from now. But we're going to be in the grips of this, Pluto-wise, Yeah. Uh, until January 21st, 2024. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. when Pluto goes into Aquarius. Okay. And Pluto went into Aquarius when we had our revolution. Right. Right, exactly. Yes. So a lot of people are predicting that the United States will fall apart, you know, and um, my feeling is that's possible. I would agree with that because there are really so many different cultures within our nation. Yeah. And we do have a bit of an egotistical feeling about, you know, we're wonderful, we're powerful, we're the most powerful nation on the planet. Excuse me if that's arrogant. Terribly so. It's arrogant. I would agree with that. We don't. That's why I make it. I make an effort to behave humbly whenever I travel abroad. Yeah, that's right. I do too. So, it, it's it's a concern. It's a, a time of really big concern. But um, I think that um, ultimately, you know, I have a feeling it's. And I don't like to be this negative, but it's going to be, you know, uh, potentially quite destructive to have this happen. And um, 
And people are wondering why this is happening now. Well, they're looking at the existing astrology now. Well, that's part of it. But it's leading into the Pluto return. It's setting up the Pluto return. Yes. So so we really can't uh, pretend like it's over when this COVID virus is over with. Probably be something else then. So it's hard to say, you know. But well, I don't, frankly, I don't think the COVID virus is really going to leave us anytime soon. No, I don't either. I'm not saying that we're all going to be in lockdown all the time, but it's always, it's going to be in the air, so to speak, socially for yeah. quite some time, at least another year, I would think. Yes, it will be. So anyway, so how much time we got? I've got four minutes. Wow. I'm wow. just working. Wow. Okay. So was there anything else you wanted to say before we have to go? Well, yeah. I'm just looking at the USA chart now, and yeah. in the USA chart, Mars is 21 Gemini, yeah. and we just had our eclipse at 23 Sagittarius, right? opposing that Mars, so yeah. that's going to stir the pot. Yeah, and look and, at Salman Rushdie's chart. That yes. could, He could figure into this somehow. Yes, very much so, because Pluto just opposed, I'm sorry, the, the eclipse just opposed his sun and moon. That's right, yep. So no one, you know, I kind of picked it, and I didn't know why I picked it. Now I know why I picked it. Yeah. So <laughs> you never know. But I was thinking one other thing. Saturn does not go back into Capricorn. They usually no. go back into the sign, but it doesn't go back into Capricorn this time, which is not very... Not anymore. No, it stays in Aquarius for, that, for good. That's very interesting that usually when an um, outer planet does that, it always goes back into the sign before and cleans it up and then moves yep. forward. This time it's not. And I thought, oh, how wonderful that is. So that's very cool, I think. So anyway. So anyway, honey, how do we get a hold of you? The best way to contact me is jcslevin, S-L-E-V-I-N, at gmail. At gmail.com. Okay. Yep. Great. Thank you, my dear. It's, oh, thank you, Eileen. Always a pleasure to speak with you. It's wonderful to talk to you, too. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank okay. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was a good thing. I tell you, she's really fabulous, and uh, we love having her on. Uh, she's so knowledgeable about everything. So anyway, um, as far as upcoming events, we don't have any um, because everything is locked down around here, all the restaurants and all that, so I really can't do anything any restaurants. So um, I'm planning some new things for the new year. I'm working more on my book. I Hopefully, my, my whole goal right now is to get it done a year from now. And I said that a year ago, but I know I'm doing it again. So anyway, I'm remaking that agreement. So uh, anyway, it'll be fun. So anyway, now how much time have we got? I just want to say I'm a little bit disappointed for the 21st with that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. It's going to be, I mean, dang it, Seattle, cloudy and rainy. I know, darn it. That That's, yeah, that is kind of poopy, isn't it? I know. I I checked that about a week ago. I said, oh, forget it. We won't be able to see it. So what we have to do is rely on other people to take pictures of it. Mm -hmm. So we have to do, unfortunately. But it'd be very difficult to see anyway because it's supposed to be on the 21st. It's supposed to be about 5 o'clock or 5.15 p.m. It's supposed to be in the southwestern sky just as it's going under the planet, under the thing, Mm. right? So the chances of our seeing it really is would have been rare anyway unless you live down in the southwest. Well, I happen to live in the southwest part of this state. But there's so many trees around, I probably wouldn't be able to see it anyway. So, yeah, I know. I understand. We didn't even bring that up today. But um, it, it, it will be a huge, huge change. Oh, absolutely. Huge change. Yeah, it has to be. It'll be an amazing sort of thing, you know, like a, 
resurrection of something. Anyway, next week we will not be here, but we will have on the interview with Stephen Forrest. And then the following week we have on Matt Shea. That's it for us. We will see you in about two weeks. And you all have a great holiday, everybody. And this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.